Hi everyone, welcome to the Desi Crime Podcast. I'm Ishwarya, your host for this episode. And I'm Aryan. Before we start the case for today, we want all of you to go over to our Patreon and subscribe for amazing exclusive features like merch, awesome extra episodes, early access episodes, video calls with us and more. To help the podcast out and to avail these benefits, go to www.patreon.com slash desicrime and select a tier that works best for you. And we are back with yet another episode from all of y'all's favorite segment, the segment where we sit down with your terrifying stories, stories of crimes, stories of horror and gore from your personal lives that scare the ever-living bitches out of us. So welcome back to another episode of Chai and Chitti. Ishwara, Leila Khan, Latifa, mm-hmm. Nirbhaya, March has been a mad month of really heavy cases that we've covered. And this Chai and Chitti episode is as, uh, you know, refreshing for the listeners as it is for us as writers. Because yep. I, I, for one, needed this break, Ishwara, from all the gore and all the disturbing crimes that we've been covering. And at least for me, they were all very female-centric episodes where there was deep injustice towards women. They were mm. all really hard cases to listen to and cover. And you all sometimes ask us how we go through all of this without actually letting it affect us. And the answer is, I guess, Chai and Chitti. So. Chai and Chitti. <laughs> you know, and one so thing I'm doing for this particular episode, just to stay true to the name, I realized we named the series Chai and Chitti, where Chai mm-hmm. means tea. And Chitti means a letter um, because of the alliteration more than anything. Both Isha and I, we are fiends for alliteration. We love things that sound yep. good. And we I realized the chai bit, you know, we should make a tradition out of that. So what I That's did this true. time <laughs> is I brewed myself a cup of green tea and it's really bad. It didn't turn out the way I wanted to. <laughs> I oversteeped it. But nevertheless, I have a cup of green tea in my hand. And this is an actual Chai and Chitti story. So with with that in mind, let's get on with the first <laughs> Chitti of the day, the first story we have. So this one is from Fez Ishwarya. He says, Hi, Arjan and Ishwarya. My name is Fez. I'm a corporate employee, a stand-up comic, blogger, and a storyteller from Kolkata. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I love art, so I try to do things and share it if it turns out to be good and recently I started listening to your podcast and now I want to start podcasting too so more power to you Fez I would love to listen to that podcast good luck you know it's a it's a tough world out there (laughs) anyways (laughs) coming to my story today it's one of my supernatural experiences it might be long so I apologize for that so here I start with one of my supernatural experiences and before I begin the story Ashwara I just want you to know it's one of my most favorite stories we've covered on Chai okay. and Chitti. So just keep High that in mind. Praise. As we, 
Yeah, just keep that in mind as I delve into it. I know something about it was particularly scary for me. All right. This happened back in the year 2015 when I worked in this mall. It was in Howrah, West Bengal. And for those of you who don't know, Kolkata and Howrah are tr- twin cities. It was a four-story mall with a food court at the top floor and had almost all branded showrooms in every floor of that particular mall. The place was lit most of the week, especially on the weekends. I worked for a renowned men's fabric showroom outlet there. We mostly dealt with formal clothing for men. The showroom where I worked was on the ground floor. There was a floor below that, technically the basement, but it too had showrooms. The parking area was in the other half and below the basement. For my convenience, I used to go to the restroom in the basement because the stairs were nearest to the showroom. Moreover, it was usually empty even after the place outside was so crowded. I've only noticed a poor housekeeping staff using the toilet there once or twice. Strangely, he was in the same clothes both the time and he smelled really bad. I never gave it much thought because, you know, there were some shops at the mall that were being constructed. So I thought it must be one of the laborers. But apart from me and him, no one else came into that particular bathroom. Maybe it could be because the lights there had a mind of their own and they used to go off randomly but came back the other minute. Since people did not use the washroom, it was never cleaned. I thought of complaining about the same to the security manager who was a regular visitor to our showroom. I once found a chance and told him about how the washroom in the basement was not well maintained and how bad it really smelled. The security manager in return asked me why I used that washroom and not the ones in my own floor. I replied because it's closer to the showroom and convenient for me. Quote, please do not go there. It's a request. It's not the right place to be. End quote. Whoa. The security manager replied to my amazement. Why exactly? I asked him. There is a supernatural presence in that place. People have complained of being picked up and thrown away at far away distances by an unusual force every time the lights go off. Okay, I was there. The lights did go off, but no one picked me up and threw me anywhere. I never felt anything. Nothing happened to me, I rebutted. It's good that nothing happened with you. Or I can say it's good that nothing has happened to you till now. But that doesn't mean that we ignore what majority of them have felt and narrated. It's a request, son. Please do not go there. I agreed to his request and did not go back to that washroom and rather use the one on my floor. However, what this person said made me curious and I wanted to know more about this place. As, rookie as we were mistake. All. You think that's a rookie mistake? mistake. Oh my I, god. I, Absolutely. Someone tells me there's a presence somewhere. I wouldn't touch that place with a 10 foot pole, all right? Oh, come on. I would love to see. <laughs> you know, my my tagline is Ashwarya. I don't believe in ghosts, but I'm scared of ghosts. And uh-huh. so for the sake of curiosity, I would have ventured into that place fully well aware that I would have lost my shit. But nonetheless, I mean, I would have gone <laughs> More alone maybe i would have gone with you aran yeah, yeah i would have gone with somebody Perhaps, I-, i would have but... gone with that bad smelling guy he met in the basement <laughs> you know i i don't know if i trust the bad smelling guy is he the presence i don't know oh well we'll find out we'll i find guess out. Uh, <laughs> so when i decided to ask him about the place i met him outside the mall one day when he was on a break 
I had tea with him and casually asked him if there have been similar cases in any other parts of the mall. Initially, he didn't want to tell me. Why do you want to know it? He asked me. Quote, morbid curiosity. I promised him that I won't tell him about it to anyone else. Although I later blogged about the place and used it in my short stories. <laughs> and you emailed us first. So that kind of is a betrayal. But nonetheless, makes for a good story. He narrated everything from the beginning. During the construction of this mall, one of the walls broke down, killing laborers and their families, including women and children. The government had seized the place for more than three months, but the owners managed to prove that there were no casualties when the wall collapsed. They did not even bother to remove the dead bodies and the mall was built. Since day one, there have been complaints of people being thrown in the washroom in the basement when the lights go off. They have spotted a man in really dirty clothes who disappears. I knew it. Similar incidents have been reported from the third floor washroom when the lights go off. But instead of being picked up and thrown, people have seen the reflection of men and women in the mirrors of the washroom. And the manager kept going off with his own version of The Conjuring. The guards still refuse night shift in the parking area because they have been stopped there by random people who look like rag pickers. They kept saying, please help us. We're still stuck here. Apart from that, all the security guards have complained of spotting an unknown woman with a little boy walking around the food court every day between 1am and 2.30am in the night. Mirrors of some of the shops suddenly break on their own. It was hard for me to believe what I heard. I was surprised. I didn't know whether to believe it or to ignore it. The same day... I was stuck with some work and had to work a late night. By the time I was about to leave, it was midnight. The front gate was closed. So I had to go from another gate, which was in the back, which means that I'll need to pass from the same parking area. I felt a bit scared, but then I plugged in my earphones and I walked towards the exit listening to Bollywood music. Nothing to pep you up, Ishwara, like some Bollywood music. Bollywood music, 100%. Some chamak chalo, yeah, that'll do it. Oh, dude, that, that, <laughs> I think that triumphs Haruman Chalisa when it comes to beating ghosts. That's I a controversial agree. statement. Shah Rukh Khan know, and Akon, I oh, mean, dude, of course. Any day of the week. <laughs> Initially, I did not feel anything. But when I kept moving, I could feel an abrupt change in temperature. It began to get cooler around me. It was supposed to be 40 degrees Celsius, but I was literally shivering with cold. Also, there was a very bad smell around me. It got so strong that I felt suffocated and dizzy for a while. I felt as if I was in a refrigerator full of rotten meat and felt like throwing up. Suddenly, the smell disappeared as if it never existed. Moreover, the temperature got back to normal after a while. I still did not believe it because it could be my parapsychology at work after hearing everything about the mall. And as sure as this bit of Fez's story, that makes me believe him even more because he's self-aware of the fact that his own mind might be, uh, you know, playing tricks on him. Right. Two days later... I sat alone in the showroom behind the counter in the morning when the staff members were about to start coming in. I had a pen kept on my table. Suddenly, 
I could see it move as if someone had struck it from one side. It happened multiple times and the pen kept on moving. That scared the hell out of me. And I came out of the showroom and decided to be there until my colleagues returned. I was still outside when the guy from the bookstore beside our showroom came out. He looked stressed out. I asked him, what's wrong? Freaking pen was playing up all by itself, he said. And shockingly, he narrated the same thing that I had just experienced. That was the first instance when I started to believe there was something wrong with the place. I kept trying to ignore that, but things kept happening and it kept reminding me of the paranormal presence within the store. On one instance, I found a weird-looking man staring at me from a distance. He used to stand at the same spot for three continuous days and later would be gone. I tried to search for him but found no one. I ignored all these signs and I continued with my work at that mall for almost a year. I remember my parents visiting the mall and they all said something was off about them all. Me and my brother went to watch Fast and Furious 6 in its first week and the theatre was almost empty. My brother kept saying that there was a man in one of the corners staring at us. I asked him to ignore the guy. I believe that if I don't bother the spirits in any way, the spirits won't bother me. Apart from that, I got an adrenaline rush in such a spooky environment. I still remember it was the first week of December that year when I was on the third floor for some work and decided to use the washroom there. While I was washing my hands, the lights went off. I remembered what the security manager had said about this washroom. It was pitch dark for a while and I felt a bit terrified. The lights came back up in a couple of seconds. And like my previous experience in the basement's washroom, I did not see anyone's reflection in the mirror. Once I was done, I pushed open the door and came out of the washroom. But suddenly... I hear a bucket being thrown around in the corner of the oh bathroom. My God. I looked and there was a bucket laying on the floor. Water spilled all around. I thought it could have been a pipeline blasting. I looked around and no pipeline or flush line had burst. The water that spilled onto the floor was from the bucket. I picked up the bucket and kept it on the side of the floor. I then walked back towards the washroom's exit. Once again, the bucket made a noise. I turned around to see it and it looked as if it had been thrown at a distance. Suddenly, and I swear I get goosebumps as I'm reading this out, but, but suddenly it flew and smashed the wall beside me. I remember it flying with really crazy force. If I was about like three feet to my right, that bucket would have knocked me out. That was the moment I realized that something was really off about this place. I wasn't supposed to be here. Without wasting another second, I turned around and silently came out of the washroom. I felt someone push me while I was getting out. When I turned around, I saw no one. The washroom's gate just shut in my face as if someone had closed it from inside. While walking outside towards the escalator, I just felt an invisible force push me twice. I felt being pushed towards the railing to make me fall off the third floor. I started chanting, Ayat al-Kursi. You can call it something like the mantra for Muslims for safety. And then moved inside a crowded footwear showroom. I went in and sat on the nearest chair. 
Suddenly, I saw a huge crack on the mirror of the footwear showroom right in front of me. The mirror then broke and fell by itself. People gathered around to see how this happened. This happened in broad daylight. This is the third time this has happened, I heard someone saying. I had to leave that place. I slowly made my way out of this place and I looked at the washroom and I saw the gate open. And then it shut like before. It looked as if someone had come out, caused the damage and then walked back in in anger. That was the moment I realized that I wasn't safe anywhere in this mall. Anything could happen at any time. I still have no idea what it was, but I do know that it had an intention to hurt me. That was the day I decided to quit my job at the mall. I never went back to that place since I left. Later, I came to know that the showroom that I worked in was closed because the owners were unable to make any profits there. But that was my story, guys. I hope you oh liked it God. and feature it in one of your episodes. Ashwarya, how is that, that for a story? That is terrifying. What that is? I think that's the scariest story we've ever read out on the podcast. Ashwarya, it's midnight. I'm in Noida. I'm home alone right now. Nice. And I um I am not the most confident human being at this <laughs> given moment. Uh this story uh, the shivers it gives me. No, Ooh. I had chills the entire time you were narrating. This was insane. And I actually just to let our listeners know, I find the idea of mall basements, mall parking lots actually kind of terrifying. And for those of you who agree with me, even just a little bit, there's this movie called P2, as in parking number two, parking lot two. And it's about this woman that gets trapped in this parking lot of a mall. And there's a serial killer there. That's where my fear began. And this story just took that to a whole new level. Like, that's terrifying. My fear has been validated. Try to top that story. Try to top Fez. Shout out to you, Fez. That was a great story. That was a great story, Fez. I'm surprised you're not permanently traumatized from what you had to experience. <laughs> I'm sure he is. <laughs> I'm glad you're in the in the senses to write this out. All right. So let's move on to my story now. The email reads, Hi, Aryan and Ashwarya. How are you guys doing? I love your show. We're I'm doing scared. really well. I'm scared. No, no, I'm not but doing too well. I'm scared. I'm scared right <laughs> All now. right. Aran is terrified, but thank you for asking. The email continues. <laughs> I never listened to any podcast before accidentally stumbling upon yours. Now I'm hooked to it. Desi Crime Podcast topped my most listened to podcast in Spotify. That actually means so much to me when we're on people's Spotify wrapped. Oh, yeah. It's actually the cutest thing in the whole world. It is. It is. It is. Now, here is the story. This happened to our family a long time ago. You can say maybe 20 years ago. I came from a typical Indian joint family with dogs. We had two Dobermans those days. People found them ferocious and they are, but we love them. Guys, I just want to point out one of the reasons I picked this story is because dogs and animals in general, I feel like are known to have this kind of sense of the supernatural. And a lot of us have actually witnessed it. Like there are rooms that our pets will just not go into. There are places that our pets won't go to, which have weirdly low temperatures than the rest of the environment around. They'll bark randomly at things. You know, they kind of have this weird, eerie seventh, eighth, sixth sense yeah. that kind of tops anything I feel like humans can experience. So I felt like covering this. 
The evil continues. In those days we had disagreements with our neighbors. There were a lot of fights and visits to the police stations too. After some time things settled down. Every day when my sisters went to school, they had to cross the neighbor's home to get to the bus stop. One day after school, my elder sister suddenly fell ill. We don't know what had happened, but suddenly things were getting from bad to worse. And then just like that, she started getting better. But around the same time, our dog started getting sick. My dad noticed that our dog was not getting better and thought to bring the doctor home for a checkup. When the doctor came, my dad called our dog. He came to my father and died near his feet. And the same day my sister walked for the first time after her long illness. Something similar happened when my aunt was pregnant and our dog was pregnant at the same time too. When my dog gave birth to pups, they kept dying one after another and the ones that survived, our dog would somehow kill them by mistakenly sitting on them. At one point my mom asked our dog, "Why are you wow. killing them?" A few months later my aunt gave birth to a premature baby boy but he survived. We did not notice this coincidence by ourselves. Some time passed by. One day a sadhu or a fakir came by our house. You know the ones that come unannounced by the door. We brought him inside, gave him food and water. He asked us, "Was someone sick in this home?" and we told him, "Yes." He told us that someone had used black magic on us. My mom remembered. My sister had told her that she had accidentally stepped on lemon and chili, the one that people use for nazar when going to school before she got sick. At the time my mom had brushed it off. The sadhu told us we were lucky that the dog had taken the nazar on himself. It is said that when a dog really loves their family, they take on anything bad that was going to happen to the family on themselves. Now all of these just might be coincidences one after another but these stories had a huge impact on us we still have dogs at our home and we always have a feeling that they literally protect us from everything this was my story cheers and thank you for listening this is from yashvi hi adarnashwara my name is yashvi and i'm writing to you from toronto so i apologized in advance for any slang that comes through I came across your podcast just a couple of months ago while driving and thank God for that because I've been hooked to say the least. Now, every time I commute from one end of the city to the other, my default choice of sound is the Desi Crime podcast. I love <laughs> to hear that. You guys are truly amazing at what you do and I love 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 the way you both speak. I am obsessed to say the least. Oh, I'm not blushing at all. That this helps, you know, this external validation Ashwara, it really helps mm-hmm. with how terrified I am from the first story. So The vanity always I, helps, yeah. The the, the vanity sure. always helps, yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> vanity over demonic possessions. <laughs> anyway, let me get on with my chitty of horror. I like that. Chitty of horror. That's smart. That's a smart play on words. To give you a little bit of context, the story is passed down to me from my mommy. For those of you who don't know, that's my mum's sister-in-law. She's a doctor at an extremely prestigious hospital in one of Chicago's most posh areas. I often visit their house as do many people during vacations and would have the most amazing summers there. However, the most 
odd incident occurred during one of these stays. It might have been around 3 a.m. in the night when I woke up to cries from one of the rooms in their beautiful mansion. Now, for context, guys, if you are a successful doctor in U.S. and I have a few relatives who are, they are rich. And if you are a successful、All、doctor in a city, city、I'm、like、so、Chicago、okay. or New York. Dude, you've made it. it. That those are the relatives to have as relatives, you know. No, not your software mama mummies, your doctor mama mummies for the win all day long. My brother, father, mother, and I rushed to my mama and mummy's room and found her hysterically crying on the floor. We comforted her until she could finally speak to tell us the reason behind this, and we were shocked to say the least. This was her story. Being a doctor, she is expected to make rounds and work at odd hours, so it was nothing out of the ordinary. Ordinary until she began to notice that many of the nurses weren't willing to work in the baby's ward anymore after midnight. They were terrified. So obviously, being the brave lady she is, she decided to take the duty upon herself that night. For a little context, those with higher authority are given a private room to rest in and take their breaks to re-energize after long shifts. It may have been a little past midnight when my mommy went into her private suite to take a quick nap before her rounds, but what she heard just left her shocked. Every time she closed her eyes, she would hear the sounds of babies crying at a distance. Oh my God! I swear, all that vanity. The effect has worn off.、Gone. The fear is back. At first, she assumed it may have been a newborn or another child just throwing a tantrum, but the sound just wouldn't stop. She finally decided to get up and do her rounds since she couldn't sleep anyway. To her surprise, the sound never stopped. She tried everything to stop it, but it just wouldn't go. She even tried to plug her ears, but nothing worked. My mommy quickly realized that there were, in fact, no babies crying in the hospital itself, and she ran out of the ward. She decided to speak to the nurses again, who told her that they've all been hearing cries late at night and believed that they were from the babies who had died prematurely or due to extreme medical illnesses—babies who couldn't live to see the days we had. It's safe to say, after that night, my mommy has never stepped foot in that ward. The worst part is that it never stopped that day. She continued to have dreams about babies, and she would hear them crying all night. And to this day, she has trouble sleeping. I hope you guys liked hearing one of my many stories within the families. Lots of love from Canada. Stay desi. Okay, so remember how I said I'm terrified of parking lots. Second、mm-hmm. most terrifying thing in the world: the sound of children. <laughs> you, you mean sound of children in an eerie context? Not just, not just the sound of children. Like <laughs> you hear a kid talk, and you're like, just fuck that. That's. I mean, honestly, no, I, uh, honestly, no, 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 no. I love. No,、kids. I'm kidding. Kids, kids are kids, great,、okay? but、kids、the sound of、dogs. creepy children, the sound of children crying, the sound of children in, laughing in a hospital ward. In a、so、hospital、scary. ward at midnight, I'm telling you, the vanity has completely worn off. 
And I think I'm we said this in one of right our now. previous episodes as well that it's old people and children that are the scariest. Like nothing scary about forty-year-old middle-aged men. They're only on the extreme age spectrum. Yeah, no, no, forty-year-old, forty-year-old middle-aged men. They're scary for non-supernatural reasons. <laughs> They're scary, They're scary for all the other reasons we point out other in reasons. episodes. In the other episodes, those are the non-giant shitty episodes we do. Those are the actual <laughs> cases we cover. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. All right, all right. What do you? What's what's next in store, Ashwara? All right. Now moving on to the last story. This email is actually one with a PDF attached to it, where the story is written out, and the title of the PDF, the description says, "Hello, Aryan and Ashwara." enter if you dare the title of the story reads the drooling this happened to me when i was 20 it was my summer vacation and like every crazy teenager's weird fantasies i had one too to smoke a joint at a graveyard alone at night oh that's a great fantasy sure had i not been you know you know what weed does to me i get really paranoid so i would definitely uh-huh. not do it at a graveyard but We have gotten shit-faced, you know, really drunk at a graveyard before, if you recall. Yep, we have. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like weed is not the move. At least for me, I feel like I would lose it. I would completely. Oh, I think I mind. would hallucinate and actually see ghosts. Yeah. But <laughs> alcohol is the move. If any of you all have alcohol the same the fantasy. <laughs> the story continues. I don't know why I wanted to do it, but I like doing crazy and weird stuff. It's not easy for an Indian kid to go out at midnight, especially when your parents are typical Indian parents. I told my parents that I would be going to my friend's place for a night out, and after lots of struggle, I finally convinced them, and I did go to my friend's place. We chilled out for some time, and I told him about my plan and asked if he might want to join too. In return, he said, "Are you nuts? What kind of sick ass fantasy is that?" And he also advised me to not do it. But I had already made up my mind. It was around 2:30 a.m. and I rolled a fine doobie. I started my way to the landing place. I decided to go to the graveyard that's located on the outskirts of the city so that I can also have a pleasing ride back home with some Pink Floyd music on. I wasn't worried about being alone in the graveyard at midnight. I was more worried about the patrolling police after listening to the Jairaj and Benix case. At last, I was standing in front of the graveyard. at the witching hour there's only a small bulb at the entrance and everything after that is pitch dark i breezed along with my flashlight on looking for a nice spot i found a tree with a stone bench under it i sat there and lit my joint 10 minutes had passed and i was about to finish my joint meanwhile my friend called to check on me and i said i'm almost done and will be starting in 5 minutes I started walking towards the gate and I felt like I was being watched. I looked around but I couldn't see anything beyond my flashlight range. Finally, I came out and started my ride back to my friend's place. I don't know why, but I wasn't in the mood to listen to music. I still had the feeling that I was being watched. I just ignored it. After all, I had smoked a joint at a graveyard and thought I was just having a bad trip. I reached back home and tried to sleep, but I felt uncomfortable. I tried really hard to fall asleep but kept waking up every 45 minutes. The next day I went back to my home and I could feel my spirits were very low. I couldn't sleep properly for many days. 
A couple of days after the incident, I was on my bed trying to get some sleep. A tiny water drop shed on my forehead. I ignored it, thinking that it could have been from the AC above me, but the same kept happening at different locations. I didn't think much about it as it was just a random tiny drop of water. As weeks passed by, the same thing kept happening on random occasions. That summer, I visited my grandma who lives in a village. The moment she saw me, she looked right above my head with a dreadful look. Oh my god. She immediately took me to the backyard and started doing some cleansing rituals with oh salt and other stuff. God. She also tied a sacred thread to my hand and asked, "Have you been to any place at any wrong time?" The first thing that popped into my mind was, "Yes, you're right. The graveyard." But I didn't say anything about that to her. She said to be careful of the places I visit and suggested I not go alone at midnight. Surprisingly, I had a very peaceful sleep that very night and the drops falling on my face for no reason also stopped. After a year, we went back to visit our grandma during the third lockdown and decided to stay there for a couple of weeks. The first thing my granny did when I met her again, she looked right above my head. This time, her expression was not the same as last time. One evening, I remembered the ritual that my grandma did last time and asked what had happened that day. At first, she refused to say, but I insisted that she tell me what had happened. She said, "I saw the spirit of a woman right above your head. She was looking at you constantly and drooling." That scared the shit out of me. I never said anything to anyone about the random oh drops on my, my face. God. But this explains something. She also said that the spirit got attached to me when I went somewhere I shouldn't have been. I used to be a skeptical person, but this incident changed me. I never went anywhere near the graves again and even in the daylight. After a couple of weeks, I was sleeping on my bed and it happened again. A tiny drop of water was on my face. I was shaking this time. I had no courage to open my eyes. Then after a few minutes a second drop shed on my face it continued to happen oh constantly for 5 to 10 minutes i was too scared to open my eyes but then i gathered all my courage and opened them and turned the lights on this time it was the ac drooling i felt relieved it never <laughs> happened again till now and i hope it won't happen again in the future <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a way to end this episode. What a that fantastic a story. story. Yep. Also terrifying thought of a woman drooling on your face, but Also I'm not switching we'll on my AC tonight. We'll sidestep that because our aunt's terrified. Yeah, yeah, not switching on my AC. I'm going to rely on the fan. I don't I'd rather sweat than be drooled on. <laughs> so that's the takeaway from this episode. And with that, I think we've come to the end of some fantastic stories in this episode. and we can't wait to see you guys talk to you guys narrate to you guys again next week so beware of all the basements all the malls all the hospitals and all the babies and <laughs> stay safe stay crazy and stay desi